Let's fly down the five. Destination, Pachunga Arena. Everything San Diego goals. And the American Hockey League, right now on Goals Report. You're listening to the first Goals Report here on Duckstream. I'm Alexis Downey, joined by the voice of the San Diego Gulls, Andy Zilch. Andy, first Gulls Report of the year. Welcome to Duckstream. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. It's going to be a pleasure to talk with you all year long about what's going down on the farm here. And for anyone that's listening, I want to let them know a little bit about yourself. So where did you get your start in the industry, you know, before you led all the way to San Diego? Yeah, it's a, it's a lengthy road uh, with multiple stops. So I started back in 2006 with the then St. Louis Rams. I was a broadcast intern. I worked for the Rams radio network for two seasons. Uh, and then I latched on with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I was a broadcast intern for them with KMOX Radio for two, another two seasons. Uh, then I was able to get my first pro job, and I worked in the ECHL for two seasons in Greenville, South Carolina, which was a beautiful city, is a beautiful city. It's, it's one of the best cities I've ever lived in. Uh, then I jumped up to the AHL in Springfield, Massachusetts with the now uh, defunct Springfield Falcons. Uh, they got sold. They became the Tucson Roadrunners. So I found another job with the Utica Comets. I was there for two seasons uh, with the Vancouver Canucks organization. And then uh, now here in San Diego, beginning my fifth year with the Anaheim Ducks organization. So did you always have a passion for wanting to work in hockey? Yes. Yeah, I, I grew up, uh, you know, as a lot of younger people and, you know, men and women now, they, you know, they all aspired at one point to be a pro athlete or maybe an Olympian or something like that. You know, as, as a young child, I know a lot of kids grow up and they see that on TV and they think I can do that. So, you know, that was something that I thought, you know, I was watching blues hockey growing up and I thought, you know, I, I can be a pro hockey player. And, uh, it was very heavy presence in my family. Uh, my mom was actually the very first fan out of my family. She took my dad to a blues game. He fell in love with it. And uh, then that kind of reciprocated down to my older sister, my older brother, and then me. I mean, as soon as I could walk, I had a stick in my hand. So always wanted to be in hockey. And then when I got to high school, kind of realized, all right, you know, I'm, I'm not the lights out player. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not making all these hundred point seasons. So I'm not making it to the NHL. I need to figure out a different path, but I wanted to stay in a path of making the NHL in some capacity. So I decided to become a broadcaster because when I listen to the games, you know, there'd be times where I would fall asleep at night, you know, because I had to be in bed at nine and games would go until nine 30, nine 45. And my parents said, you can listen to the game on the radio, but you have to be in bed. So <laughs> I was like, all right. So I turn on the radio and I, you know, I'd have uh, one of those little boom boxes of small ones in my bed and I'd listen to it and fall asleep to it. Granted, I wasn't falling asleep because I was so <laughs> excited towards the end of the game. But, uh, you know, I always love listening to the broadcasters. So I thought, you know what, let's try broadcasting. Let's see how that works out. And, uh, you know, ever since uh, I was a senior in high school, I started it and I haven't looked back. You know, what's really funny is I actually relate to the fact that my mom kind of started the hockey fandom in my family as well. Her and my dad lived in Pittsburgh for a little bit. My mom took my dad to a Pittsburgh Penguins game, and that's where it all began on my end. So funny how that overlaps as well. Yeah, it's it was a story that I, I didn't really know of until actually a few years ago when the Blues made it to the Stanley Cup final because my mom 
was there at the final in 1968, I think, their second year that they went to the final. Because the Blues went to the final three consecutive years when they first made the league in, in 67. And uh, she got a picture with my brother and they were there at the game. And uh, my mom then told me the story that she was there and she had season tickets with her brother back in the, the late 60s. And she was at the final. And then I said, well, wait a minute. I thought dad was always the first ones to go. And he loved it. She said, oh, no, I took your dad on a date. And then he fell in love with it. <laughs> well, now leading you in your career out to California, had you been to San Diego before you landed the job with the Gulls? No, never was in San Diego. Uh, I did fly in to interview for the job, but prior to that, I never set foot in Southern California. Uh, the only time I was in California outside of that was in San Jose uh, for a roller hockey tournament called NARCH, which is kind of like the Stanley Cup for roller hockey. But uh, other than that, that was the only time. And you know, obviously, you hear great things about San Diego, and, and now I'm living it. So what's your favorite thing to do outside, of course, of being in a hockey rink? Hmm. That is a good question. I would ha I'd have to say uh, just being outside in some capacity. I mean, I, you know, I, I've come to know the staff, uh, our hockey operations staff really well, our trainers, our strength coaches, our equipment guys. So uh, I, I think we all realize where we are. And, you know, if you can go to the beach on a Saturday and beat the traffic and, you know, get there early and set up and have a good time, I think that's probably the best thing that I like to do. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I absolutely love going to the beach and the weather here is you just can't beat it. Great. Well, you mentioned your fifth season now with the Gulls. What has been the biggest change that you've kind of taken note of throughout your time so far? Well, uh, you know, I, as I told you earlier, you know, with all my stops, they were all two years. Um, so this has been the longest tenure that I've had with an organization. And uh, it's it's really weird because, you know, you don't really realize the changes that go on in minor leagues because they're always so consistent but there's always a foundation that's built with this this organization but the changes i feel have been the ones that haven't been made so when i got here sam carrick was a very large presence with the san diego gulls and the fact that he's up with anaheim now now yes that's a change but it's not really a change in the sense that he's still with the organization so you know, if you can grasp that as a change, but also at the same token, you're seeing a lot of players rise up. And I mean, we had mm -hmm. Trevor Zegras here and Jamie Drysdale here during the COVID season. So the things that are changing that are also staying the same, I think, is really impressive. And that growth from within, you know, we all know what Pat Verbeek is doing and what Bob Murray laid some foundation on as well. I, I like seeing that come to fruition. So the things that are changing are changing in positive ways, meaning that our guys are graduating up to the ducks uh, and it's creating new opportunities for Guys that we saw last year, like Braden Tracy and, and Jacob Perot, and now you know, hopefully those guys follow the footsteps that have been laid for the guys before them. So I, I like those type of changes that we're seeing, but we're still holding on to those guys. You talked about Z and Drysdale being down with the team during the COVID year. Uh, do you have any great stories from that time getting to interact with them? I'm, I know that they they're just characters in themselves, uh, but do you have anything that stands out? I got two. Uh, I got, um, first of all, I don't think I ever saw Jamie Drysdale without a smile on his face. Oh. Like, I, I don't think that, like, I, if he's had a bad day, I want to hear about it because he sure doesn't show it. 
But uh, I remember one time I had to interview Zegris and it was we, he was bouncing back and forth and we were doing something for our TV show here. Uh, it's a 30 minute TV show and we were kind of doing a little crash course of get to know the rookies. And, you know, it wasn't easy in that COVID year. You know, we had to have masks on. They had to have masks on. And when we mm-hmm. sat them down, they took it off real quick. We interviewed them. They put it back on. And the way that Zegris handled the interview, it was like I was talking to a guy that's been in the league for seven years. The way he was answering the questions, the way he was so giving of his time, I thought that that was that was really good and very professional from a kid who at the time, I think he was 20 at the time. So and it was, he was a fresh 20 years old. So I was really impressed with that. And then I got a funny story for everybody listening in. You know, we were we were busting more often than not in that COVID year. I think we only had one flight. It was at the end of the year to Colorado and California and the Pacific Division. It's a big division and it spans a long distance here in the AHL. And I mean, we were up from San Jose to Tucson and, uh, you know, Ontario. We had Bakersfield and Stockton. So we're making all those bus trips. Sometimes they'd be seven hours. And I remember one time, it wasn't even that long of a bus ride, but we were on the bus and it was when Trevor Zegers really loves saying sheesh, sheesh. <laughs> and I heard that probably 20 times in an hour. And I don't know what they were talking about, <laughs> but I'm in the front row and I had one earbud in and one earbud like it was, wasn't working. It wasn't connecting. And I heard it at least 20 times. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till this bus gets back to Irvine. <laughs> well, next time I see Trevor, I'm going to say, jeez, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> see if he if he still likes to say that or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also had the opportunity not too long ago to be a part of the rookie tournament up in San Jose uh, this month. What were some of your takeaways from that tournament? Well, uh, the team team likes to play heavy. Uh, and, you know, that's something that I know Pat Verbeek is spinning in our direction. When you look at the draft that we just had, especially that second round with those two defensemen, 6'4 and 6'6. Six, six. And I was really impressed with that. And, and the back end that we had, very sturdy. They're not going to get moved around. They're going to protect the goaltenders. And it's not like we haven't had that in years past with Anaheim. But I think that that's going to be a staple for the blue line for years and years to come. I was really impressed with that. And then also, too, just some of the elusive play that we had out of our forward group. Uh, and, and it's such a it's such a quick crash course. I mean, you know, that if you think about it, it's it's one quick weekend. So mm-hmm. there's going to be some players that that aren't going to be able to to maybe showcase what they have where like, you know, let's take Sasha Pasterjov, who two years ago had a hat trick in one of the games. He wasn't on the score sheet as much as he liked this tournament. We we know what he can bring to the table. So, you know, for someone to look into that and throw that under the microscope, I think that's very unfair to some of these younger players. But we did see some good flashes from a lot of those forwards that we had. And granted, you know, you didn't have the scoring punch that you wanted, but I wouldn't worry about that one bit. Have you gotten a chance to uh, tune into the preseason? I know we've only had one game so far, uh, but, you know, another one tonight on the docket. But taking a look at those guys that are still up at the moment too. Yeah. You know, I, I did tune in on flashes on that game against, uh, not against Tucson, but in Tucson. And uh, I'll be live there on Wednesday and Friday at the Honda center, just to take in what we have, because uh, you know, I, I like seeing that's, it's one of my favorite parts about working in the minor leagues is seeing these players before they are the real deal. And I remember Trevor Zegers actually tried the Michigan and Irvine when we were playing in the COVID season and it just didn't work out. But, uh, you know, I like seeing these guys and 
like I, I can take Simon Benoit, for example. And we're talking about the rookie tournament in your last question. When I first came to the organization in 2018, Simon Benoit was a tryout for the rookie tournament. And then we signed him to an AHL deal. And then he excelled. And then he made it to the NHL. And it took him a while. You know, it took him two, three years to actually make a name for himself at the pro level. But when he did, you know, he kicked the doors open with his foot. And and I really like seeing that here at the minor league level. So watching these preseason games, you're getting a good taste of of guys developing like Simon Benoit and then owning the preseason games at the NHL level and then settling into the NHL role. And then who can excel at the NHL preseason games? And maybe they don't get the call in the NHL this year. Maybe they're starting in the AHL and then they thrive. You know, those are the things that I love watching, those little minor details throughout the course of this year. You talk about that development. I mean, really, how rewarding is it to see a player come in you know, really young and quiet and then just blossom and move up to that NHL level. It's special. And, you know, granted, I have zero to do with anything of their <laughs> development, but it's almost like a proud papa moment because I'm, I'm there. I'm watching them. I'm watching mm-hmm. them put hours in uh, in the weight room. I'm watching them during practice. I'm watching them during the games. And, we're you know, I hear them on the bus and they're chatting and you know, we're all co-workers at the end of the day, uh, you know, me with the players, uh, and I, I want to see them succeed. And when I see a guy like that, who Benoit and I came into the organization together, technically, because the Vegas Rookie Tournament was my first line of work with the Anaheim Ducks organization. So to see him and I go through those steps together, and we're both trying to reach the pinnacle of the NHL, and for him to get there, I'm like, I'm so impressed with that. And Josh Mahura too. Like there's another one last year that we saw and, and he's grabbing the bull by the horns and, and I hope they get there. I hope they stay there. And I hope that for all the players that I see. And, uh, you know, I remember the last year that we had Sam Carrick for a full season. It, it was a very special year, not for just Sam, but also for Dallas because Dallas Aikens, there was writing on the wall. There was whispers that he was going to take over the throne for the Anaheim ducks. So, you look at that year that we had and I talked to Sam and Sam was with Dallas when Toronto at the American hockey league level. And those two mean a lot to one another. And the question that I posed to Sam after they lost in the playoff run to Chicago, we went all the way to the conference finals. I said, you know, what does this mean to you working with Dallas? Maybe, maybe for the last time here in the AHL level. And, and he almost broke down because of the importance that his relationship is with Dallas Akins. And you know, everybody goes through the the AHL generally at some point, uh, and I, I think it's really important to see those relationships grow and everybody get to where they want to be. Now, back on July 12th, the organization named Roy Sommer the new head coach. He's the fourth head coach in the organization's history. Have you had a chance to speak with him and learn some of the expectations that he has heading into this season? So I, I was able to meet him for a press conference that we had here in San Diego uh, right when that announcement was made. Uh, and then I did talk with him a little bit at the rookie tournament. And uh, we also, Pat Verbeek actually hosted a dinner for every staff member that was traveling in San Jose. We all had dinner together that included coaches, that included the executive staff, that included the golf staff that was there. We all went. So I, I've had some time with Roy Sommer. And uh, we we haven't really talked the specifics, the X's and O's. It's more so just getting to know each other process. And and I can tell you right off the get go, I'm going to really enjoy working with him. I think he's a fantastic human being. He's got a great mind for the game, but he's also extremely personable. 
And I've done a few interviews with him following the, the rookie face-off, and he knows what's expected of his locker room already. He knows what's expected of himself. And I think he has a full understanding of what Pat Verbeek and the Anaheim Ducks expect out of him here in San Diego. I'm really excited for this year with San Diego Gulls hockey. Who is someone that fans should be excited to watch this season that stands out in your mind? Well, depending on who makes the Ducks roster, you know, you can pick a lot of the collegiate kids that we had last year. We had four of them come and and a little bunch. And Drew Hellison was the first one to come. He was the second round pick from the Avalanche. We acquired him from the Josh Manson deal. And he is going to be leaned on to get some heavy minutes this year. And, And you can tell by the Vegas rookie tournament, he was playing top line defensive role as he should have been. He was playing both penalty kills and power play time. So when he came to us, I believe he played somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 games and we were just easing him into the pro level as well. You should, you can't just take a college kid and say, here you go, dominate. So I think he's one to watch. Uh, You're going to have Josh Lopina, a centerman who we relied upon in the postseason. It was a quick postseason, but we relied upon him for some heavy minutes and he's a very good faceoff specialist. Like McLaughlin's another one. Uh, you also have uh, Logan Nyhoff, who's another one. So a lot of those college kids that are coming around, they're getting their first full year, really excited. You, you know, we, we all don't know what's going to happen come the end of camp. Hopefully they do make the Ducks. Hopefully they're popping some eyes and, and they're mm-hmm. making management force a decision to keep them in Anaheim. But if they do come here to San Diego, oh, we'll be lucky to have them. Well, Andy, thanks for joining me for the first time on the very first Gulls Report this season here on Duckstream. Great to catch up about hockey and learn a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, no, thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to have the conversations throughout the year. I I know we're going to be talking about wins more often than not. I hope so, too. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duckstream.